smoking through it all, cause nothing in life lasts forever. We don't want these hoes, don't want the fame, we want the cheddar. Told her we can have it all if we do it together. You know I'ma pass the ball, but only to my brother. You know I'ma pass the blunt, but only to my sister. Are live, so it ain't exclusive if it ain't an Emlyn exclusive. It's your boy BQ, and we in the beautiful downtown San Jose, and welcome to the Low Key Facts Podcast. I'm accompanied by my guest JD in the building. How you doing? How you doing? What's going on, brother? How you doing, man? How's everything Big going? Chilling. Everything's good. Everything's good. I can't complain. I cannot complain. Today is a very special day, special moment, because we finally got two entrepreneurs in the same room. Yes, yeah, and there's a lot of creators, a lot of hustlers out there. I've met so many people across the spectrum in our city, but. Uh, when it comes to people that I see doing empowering, giving education, uh, doing different formulas that result to positive results, like you encouraging people to follow this method. And I'm like, that's beautiful. You know what I'm saying? Because you already that. got people left and right trying to trick us to fall into these different algorithms and different forms of education that sometimes might not actually be best for them in their lifestyle at that moment. But there's something about entrepreneurship that I feel like is for everybody. Yeah. I don't care if you don't think entrepreneurship is for you. Entrepreneurship is for everyone. I agree. Period. I, I, I agree in a, certain, uh, in a certain aspect. You know, I think that that everybody should have some form of a side hustle. You know, I think one of the next projects that I'm going to try to work on in a written form of some sort is like side hustle. Hell yeah. You know, I think that, that everybody has a passion. Um, and I think you need to learn how to monetize that passion. For I sure. think that we really seen that in this COVID thing mm. to where the only thing that, not the only thing, the government definitely helped out a little bit and, mm. you know, but my businesses was my saving grace as far as my sanity, as far as bringing in money, as far as connecting with people, as far as even when the pandemic first started, I had a fix and flip. So I was able to just work on that project and learn real estate, you know, mm. and that all, all the, you know, part of the funds for that came from my entrepreneurial spirit and, and taking action. So, you know, I think that there's more than just monetary benefits to hustling or being an entrepreneur. Mm. I think that I think that there's also health benefits. And I think that, you know, there's networking benefits. And, you know, I don't I, for me, nothing wrong with drinking, nothing wrong with smoking. Yeah. But it gives me a, a healthy outlet for yeah. my creativity. You know, instead of having a drink on a Saturday, I get to drop a podcast. So it, mm -hmm. it, it has a lot of benefits outside of the money thing. And that actually saves you money. No, I, I agree with that 100%, bro. I think uh, entrepreneurship is a form of, uh, how you say, it's a solution to mental health uh, yeah. for some people. Because I feel like, you know, during this pandemic, a lot of people are, uh, are, are traumatized by some of the things they grew up in. They're kind of be, they're locked down, quarantined, no, uh, no source of income, uh, trying to figure out if they're going to survive COVID. Like, there's all these different variables that are going through every single individual right now. Some people are like, you know, I don't even know how I'm going to find work. 40, mil 40 million people right now in employment. So it's like, yeah, there's so many, there's so much evidence that is giving people the, like that excuse to not do something. Yeah. So like to come back that with the ide the ideology of making your own profit. Yeah. I think uh, that's super powerful. Um, and we're going to unpack all these things because I think there's a lot of different directions to go about this podcast but i want to give a, a proper formal introduction for you for sure to give people a chance to know about who you are and you know even before the entrepreneurship i want to know about you know where you grew up and who you you know who you grew up around what was your environment like so uh let's unpack those things so tell me um so pretty much my name's jd my real name is john dale sparks but uh i bartend 
uh, been bartending for the last 10 years and everyone thinks I'm saying John Doe. Mm -hmm. So I just changed it to JD. Okay. And then it just kind of, as uh, time went on, I just kind of um, accepted JD as my, as my, you know, your brand alias. Name. And then, um, would you call it a brand name or what would you? JD's just what people call me. Okay. If they know me, That's I just like, like Hey, I'm JD. Yeah. I'm pulling up. It's Same. just like your, you. your name. Just you. easy to remember, easy to say. My real name is John Dale is a little bit, uh, tougher, but yeah, that's, that's my name. Um, I'm owner of part of the culture. Mm -hmm. I've probably been rocking that brand for about three, four years now. Um, so what is part of the culture? Cause I know exactly when I see it on the gram with all the content you've been promoting, but when someone asks you, what do you do? What do you tell them? Um, pretty much I have, it's just, I have two businesses. It's a print business. Mm -hmm. I can print any type of garment, banner, sticker, sign that you want. And then I also have, um, an education uh, part of that where I, I teach people business, I teach people entrepreneurship, I teach people investing. Mm. Um, so that's kind of the two brands. And then on the printing side, I can do, you know, graphic design. Um, I can do video editing. Mm -hmm. um, and so I kind of just have my network of people that kind of tap into that. And then I try to post as many jobs as I do mm -hmm. so that people kind of, oh, he does this. Oh, he does that. OK, yeah. I need this. And then we can network and work together. But yeah, printing is my main business. Video um, and graphic design are kind of my side hustles to that business that kind of complement it. And then uh, the information stuff, I, I just wanted a business that was easy, yeah. that complemented. And so I do business every day. So I felt like maybe I should teach business. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of people have the skill of selling a physical product. Yep. And I wanted to develop my skill of also being able to sell a digital product. Mm -hmm. Because as you know, you have some clothes back here. Yep. You have to spend 10 bucks yeah, in order. You know, there's cost with yeah. digital products. There is cost. Like I pay for like some domain names and stuff. Yeah. It's but, like a one time type of Yeah, call, but the uh, cost yeah. the cost are you know, there's there is cost, but the costs are different, you know, and so um and you can sell I can be anywhere in the world and sell digitally. Yeah. Um also you can do that with physical, but like digital's a, it's it's a little bit more fluent. So there's pros and cons to everything. Yeah. So my digital business was to kinda expand on that. Mm -hmm. Um I've written two books, I've written uh um one um Two books, two hardcover books. I've written uh, one ebook. I keep wanting to say audiobook, but it's an ebook. Uh, I also have a podcast, and um, it's just all just delivering information that helps people level up, which really to me just means help people reach their goals. Most definitely, man. Um, delivery like dominoes, man. Executing from yeah. left to right. You got so much going on, bro. Honestly, like, uh, like where where does that stem from? You know, like, cause like I I want to unpack all those things because I I see so much value in that. But I'm so curious, like, just genuinely, like, how what what inspired you to to do these things? You know what I mean? Like, in the sense of like, cause you mentioned you had the printing business and you had the digital of the educational uh, aspect of the business. So which one did you start with, and how did you get more? Well, I guess to do that? you can kind of ask questions. I'll kind of just tell you the story, mm -hmm. the you know, like the origin story. Okay. So when I was 18, um, I read, actually when I was 16, I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I just pondered like, man, how can I have a business? How can I have a business? How can I have a business? Uh, when I was 18, I learned uh, retail wholesale from a friend that came over to my, the place I was living at the time. Mm -hmm. His name was Darl. Uh, hey. Funny story. And he went out, he had a, he had a hip replacement and he oh, had shit. four kids and he would go out to the flea market and he was supporting his family. And so he called it his business. And so oh, I said, yeah. hey, can you teach me when I was 18? Yeah. He's like, yeah. 
Literally, he's like, I'm going to take you to this warehouse. Mm-hmm. I'm going to teach you wholesale and retail. Mm-hmm. I learned wholesale and retail, but I learned it with tools. I spent maybe 120 bucks. Mm-hmm. My first day, I went out to the flea market. I made 60 and still had all the tools left. Yeah. Second day, I made another 60. So I had all my money back and I had all these tools. So pretty much they were either free or profit. Yep. And so my mind instantly was open. I was like, okay, I understand. Because you cracked the code. Cracked the code. Yep. Um, fast forward. uh Maybe like two, three weeks, my boy Mario's like, hey, I know this guy who sells shirts, jerseys, and clothes. My mm. boy Greg at Hip Hop Jewelry and Clothing in Campbell. Mm. Not sure. He's still kind of around. But um, so I went over there, and he actually gave me stuff on consignment. And at oh, the yeah. time, Mac Dre had just died. Oh, and I was shit. buying T-shirts for 10 bucks, and they were flying, gone. And I went from making no money being a broke ass to, like, literally making three, 400 bucks a day. Mm. And so the, you know, cracking the code even more. And then I had uh, at the flea market, there was a guy who created his own shirts. He had a screen print machine mm-hmm. and he was like, you need to get one. He's like, you can print your own shirts. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it only costs three bucks to make a shirt. And I was paying 10 bucks. So I was like, oh, that's seven dollars more. I yeah. could make uh, next code crack. So that was in the back of my mind. And then randomly, my boy, this was when weed was starting to blow up in the Bay. Mm-hmm. Like fools were selling packs. So my boy was like, I used to make T-shirts. I'm selling packs now. He's like, I'm selling my equipment. It's normally a thousand to fifteen hundred. I'll give it to you for six hundred bucks. Yep. I said, I I bought the screen print equipment, so I'm probably like twenty now. Um, so I started in clothing, and then I I eventually got into screen printing. Yep. And I had the my own machine. Once I set it up, my boss. I've been bartending forever since I was twenty one, twenty two. I'm thirty four now. Mm-hmm. Uh, my boss, he, he was like, Oh, you have a screen print machine? He's, it was St. Patrick's Day. He's like, Make some shirts for my my thing and then he was like i'll pay you and i was like all right and so next code i was like okay money you know and um i made his shirts they i actually figured out how to work with the artist to get the art but i didn't cure it long enough so the ink actually if you it looked really good my first project looked amazing but when you watched it the ink came off so that was my first kind of lesson in in entrepreneurial it's like like you have to bump your head but i i never gave up i kept going and then my boss at the time was super popular and he had a bunch of um he had a bunch of uh what's it what's it called um best friends that were had businesses and so he just kept plugging me with he just kept plugging me with business And then I kind of, uh, so I, my shirt business kind of started and then I was just getting little clients here and there. And then one of his friends owned a car lot and the guy at the car lot, he ordered like 400 shirts, but it was the first time in my life because I bartended. So you don't get big checks, you make tips, but you don't, it's not like I didn't have thousand dollar nights. And it was the first time from 18 to maybe 21, I never seen a check for a thousand dollars. Actually in my entire life, I've never seen a check at this time. And this is um, how old were you at this I was 21. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I may, I've had thousand, like a thousand yeah. here, but I've never seen. And so the dude gave me a check for a thousand dollars. And I was like, if I do a hundred deals like this, yeah. I could have a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. And I was hooked once I seen that check for a thousand. And mm. I was like, all right, this is for me. Um, and then at the time, like all my friends were working at like Starbucks yeah, and yeah. like, like retailers, retail. Yeah. And we're all young and dumb. Yeah. And so fast forward, I, I kind of fell off, uh, started bartending. I never drank when I was young. Yeah. Started partying heavy, got into the nightlife heavy, bartending, girls, yeah. you know, all that stuff. And then when I was maybe like 23, 24, I was like, I need to get back into this hustle. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of losing myself. I have some family kind of like, hey, it's about that time. Yeah. And um, I just kicked back. And so. I, and then I started hustling just shirts, yeah, yeah. clothing. I don't know. I was starting to do like a little bit of social media stuff. Yeah. 
Um, it was all related to fashion. All related and, to fashion. And, and fabrics and all that nature. And really quick, just to kind of dive into that, because I think that shit's amazing, because people don't understand that everything you just explained, it takes consistently to continue going and to make hella mistakes. Cause yeah. Because like, you mentioned the ink thing, and I'm like, you know, I know exactly how it feels like to get something and, you co- and you're he- unsatisfied with the situation. Yeah. You have to kind of keep fixing it until it gets what you want. And then once you get what you want, you realize, all right, there's a new goal. What's next? So that, that that's a very uh, tedious process. It so is. Do you feel like there was times where you were going to quit doing that? I will say there is times that I wanted to quit for sure um, and throw in the towel for sure. But I kind of knew that there's a thing like like the time's going to go by. Yeah. And so it's like if I was to quit and I had. And so mind you, for like every little dumb thing that happened, like mm. people had paid me and it was it was opening my eyes. And mm. so it wasn't it wasn't it sucked and it hurt. And I was very empathetic for the situation, mm-hmm. but it hurt so bad that it was like part of the journey of like like I'm never going to do that again. So when the ink melted, yeah, it sucked. And. You know what I'm saying? But I learned, like, oh, you need to cook these shirts longer. So no customer, you know, I've had it happen maybe once or twice since then. Mm. But no customers ever, their shirts are solid. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, five, six, seven years, I understand, like, when I see a shirt, like, yo, is that cooked long enough? You know, even my second project, I skewed the image. So how you have your logo here, I didn't know that you had to keep it like that. So I just skewed it so it fit on a T-shirt. It was for Cali Wheels. I don't know if you know them. Um, California Wheels? Yeah, California Wheels and Campbell. I know what you're talking about. And so the guy, the shout out to Tommy, he was one of my first big clients. Mm. But I I literally squished his logo and I made the shirts. I Mm. charged him and he's like, yo, this isn't my logo. He's, he's like he squished it and it, it sounds so stupid but yeah. i was like yo you can't skew logos yeah. and i learned and so now i knew not to skew logos and i learned to cook my shirt it hurt but i just kept going so yeah it sucked and it was embarrassing you know but it i kept going i kept going i yeah. kept going but i kept taking these l's but they were also lessons super m- big valuable lessons. Lessons. Very valuable lessons and the my i have two secrets secret number one is you're you're my name has always been more valuable than the money. Mm. So like I've always replaced it and just took the L financially and just made sure that if I ever seen Tommy again, I did him right. I can never, no one can, I try to make it so no one can ever be like, oh, JD did me dirty. Period. You know what I'm saying? I or I, very important. You know, I'm very on social important. media so people could easily be like, oh, this fool's a clown or don't do business uh, with him. Yeah. Or, people so will talk too. People they will. Talk. It's for sure. And so I tried to build my brand around, even if I fuck up or mess up, I'm going to make it right. Even if it costs me money, because I, I, it's almost like people pay to go to school. So I'm just paying for this lesson. I'm paying for this L and it's, it's invaluable. So I always kept my name good. And then the second thing that never made me quit is I was like, honestly, I was like suckers would quit right now. And if I keep going, I'm going to the more I take more pain I take, the more I'm going to be able to separate myself from quote unquote suckers or people with with that are weak minded. And so the farther that I go on this journey now, it's to the point where you're damn, they're going to have to be in the game for 10 years to know what I know and to network how I network and to take the L's. And you know, like Mike Tyson says, like you're going to get punched in the face and it's like, can you get back up? And a lot of people, you know, they can't get back up. And so that's, that's the thing that kind of kept me from quitting is like, Mm -hmm. like it's going to separate me. Most definitely. And it seems like, what people don't take away from that, like through all that trial and error and all those lessons is that 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 develops skill. And 
at the end of the day, all your services, they're all skills based services. Yeah. Like a lot of the things you have to develop a specific skill for sure and specialize in it before you can actually offer some. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, I, there's a quote that people say like, oh, you don't pay me for the 15 minutes it costs to make it. You pay me for the 15 years it took me to do it in 15 minutes. Yeah. And that's real because like, like everything you're talking about, I don't even know. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? I, I, I don't do the manufacturing. And that's another thing I want to highlight about you, too, is that. You integrated vertically, you know what I'm saying? Like you actually took the time to do the marketing, the distribution, and the manufacturing. Yeah. And that's a thing that people don't take the time to dissect enough because they don't realize how that affects them. Because yeah. let's just say like right now with the politics going on in America, like with the politics between China and the US, yeah. everything is wholesale from China damn near. Yeah. A lot of these clothing brands that are independently owned, they're like, oh, I ordered my shit through China. Yeah. I ordered my shit through China. What, what happens when this shit, when they, uh, when they increase the tariffs and now you can't, you can't even buy your shit no more. Now you have to find a new plug. Yeah. But if you already started investing into the lower quality, maybe a smaller business, or you starting your own manufacturing like yeah. you did, it's such a it's such a big it's a such a it's a small tweak for a big result. Because in the long run, now you whatever you want to release, you can release whatever the fuck you want to do. Yeah. And you don't have to worry about how it comes out because you're the one that designs it. Yeah. So a lot of props to you for that, bro. I think that's important. You you gave some gems. A lot of people aren't going to really be able to tell what you said, but you said it a lot of times in there. Mm -hmm. And the, another thing that I kind of feel separates me is I spent, I'm willing to, I'm willing to spend three years on a project. Oh, period. I'm willing marathon. to, the uh, marathon yeah, continues. the marathon continues. Period. Shout out to Nip for that game. But Shout out to Nip. I and agree. And so like you talk about marketing, I, I, I spent a year. I didn't know what marketing was. I spent yeah. a year or two mm -hmm. literally studying, reading every book yeah. I paid for classes on marketing i paid for, sure. for classes on sales i paid like i'm about to pay 1500 bucks to learn more about business you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. i paid to get to this point mm -hmm. and so and i'm willing i literally took a whole year and just studied marketing mm -hmm. and obviously you know it led to this podcast and it led to money and it led to opportunity opportunity and you know being able to date the girl of my dreams Period. and you know and it leads to all this stuff but you got to put in that work. You got to put in that knowledge. You got to be a lot of these people like like they want to like these kids, like any kid listening like, yeah, OK, you want to start a clothing line, right? Yep. Like, are you willing to eat shit for the next five years? Yep. You know what I'm saying? You're not going to just start a clothing line it's and it just blow up and it's everywhere. And it's like you, you got to be able to put in the work and then you have to be able to create a product that adds value. Why you just said like Nipsey Hustle is not known he didn't when he died people didn't weren't sad because a music like person died they were sad because it was somebody who was giving back to the community Super it was impactful. someone who was preaching to the community mm -hmm. it was somebody who was and like adding value and so because he added so much value you're willing to spend money on his products mm -hmm. and so what it another gym is like learn to add value first and then people will spend money with you then people will take time out a lot of people just want the money want the money want the money want the money mm -hmm. not saying fuck the money but add value like my one of my clients was like hey can you make a menu for me mm -hmm. i said yeah obviously i can design it i have the knowledge on how to design a menu mm -hmm. went to graphic i went to a uh, community college took three or three to five classes um on graphic design just mm -hmm. basic stuff but and I learned colorways. I learned mm -hmm. how to line up stuff and how to even line up pictures and all types of stuff. 
But I said, hey, I'll do it. She spent, she bought stickers off me, banners off me. She wants to buy shirts off me. I said, hey, I'll do the, the banner for free. I mean, the menu for free. It's only going to take me 20 minutes. Yeah, period. And, th- she, and that effort, that, that gesture is going to go so much long. Because let's just say, and that's the thing, like just to touch on that is that, you don't know where someone's going to be five years from now. You have no idea. That person might eat shit right now, you and they might invest their last dime with you, and you might just do an extra nice gesture or something like that. Ten years from now, she got her own fucking organization. She's blowing she, up. She's going to look at you as the first person to go to for help Yeah, she needed. So like that, that's why I think that's important. And I, I, take a, uh, I commend you for that because I think if people were to take the time to just reevaluate how they per, how they perceive things yeah it really w- impacts the way they actually approach it like uh, i look at your bio right here on instagram it says i want to help products i want to help people create products i want to help people get from where they are to where they want to be and it's not even about you you make it about other people yeah so when did you learn that giving value was the key to success short answer glory be to god um i i it so glory be to God and He's the person who spoke to me. I am you know religious, uh, but it believe in whatever you want to believe in. I'm not going to push my narrative. But it really started from um, I was in a relationship. Mm. Um, it's it's I started this journey probably I'm 30 I'll be 34 this year, mm. so I've probably been on this journey for about three years. Yep. Um, <clears throat> what 34? Sorry, 34, 35, 36, 37. So, yeah, when I was maybe about 32, mm-hmm. um, maybe 30, 32-ish, I, I was in a relationship, and I, I, uh, I pretty much cheated on my girl. Yeah. And it, it was a girl of my dreams. We were together for, at the time, maybe eight, nine years. Yeah. Um, and she was gone. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. And I was so focused on my – if you really listen, like, even during the screen printing pra- place and that phase and, and before this time – it was the me show. Yeah. It was all about me. What can JD get? How can JD get it? You know, how can I get the money? Mm-hmm. And it, it it devastated me. And once I lost her, I was like, what happens if I change the narrative from take, take, take to give, give, give? I had made God had kind of put it on my heart to start tithing, mm-hmm. giving 10 percent of my income to mm-hmm. the church. Mm-hmm. I go to church uh, regularly, especially when it was like non-COVID. Yeah. Um, he had put it on my heart to do that. So I, I, one first thing I did is started giving 10% of everything I make. Mm-hmm. And then I said, I'm no longer, it's no longer about me anymore. Mm-hmm. It's what can I give to this world? And I just, I just literally focused my life on giving mm-hmm. everything that I could possibly give, mm-hmm. you know, to the people, to the community, to just helping people win. That's my yeah. only narrative. Like, mm-hmm. like, and and that was the change. And then, you know, I kind of like fast forward. I kind of just had a vision put on me. Uh, I never really shared this vision, but I'll share it. Mm-hmm. I, it's, you know, me and Jesus were on a boat mm-hmm. and we're looking at the people. And it's like, like if I'm ever weak, like I'll come on the boat with Jesus and I'll kind of gain my strength back. And like, yo, I'm tired. Yo, I'm weak. Yo, I'm mm-hmm. struggling with this, you know, help me out. But then um, when I when I, my strength is back. I'll walk on water and I'll go and help the people. Mm -hmm. And that's what my mission is. And anytime I pray, it's like the two things I hear is help the people Mm -hmm. and enjoy life. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, I, you see, I pulled up on a motorcycle. It's like I I, I do. You know, I just went to Tahoe. I rented some jet skis. Mm -hmm. I definitely try to enjoy my life. Mm -hmm. But I also like soon as I got back, it's like help the people who needs what? Who Mm -hmm. needs what? Where? How can I help here? Mm -hmm. You know, and so that's. That day is really the turning point, mm-hmm. then tithing and giving. And then you started realizing, like, 
like once I started tithing to the church, it sounds weird. But then I, I, I was going to church and you realize like, damn, I'm helping pay for the cameras. I'm helping pay like people are broken here. I'm helping heal people. Mm-hmm. There's a daycare center here. Um, I went through some programs at my church, uh, like discipleship programs would help me work with the youth. Mm-hmm. I met some great contacts at church. Is some this, of my, is this in San Jose too? Yes, Mayor not the Christian Center. Okay, shout out to um, met some great contacts. And so it was just like a super positive thing. But you started realizing like, like you're not just giving money to God and it's disappearing. Yeah. Like it's actually going to help the community. Yeah, you know, they had outreach centers and, and uh, you know, people from prison have a place to come get clothes and go get some food they have a closet like if you're hungry you can go grab some cans so it's like obviously i'm not funding that all by myself yeah, but course. you start seeing like contribute and you see what it does and how it impacts yeah and so that was the change and then um i think that's huge though you know i think that's really big like i mentioned like if people were to take something away from this it would be how they could change how they perceive life because i think just how you said, like, make it, stop making it about me, 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 and making it about give. How can I give? Yeah. Like, just having that attitude yeah. is entrepreneurship is the best, uh, how you say, best uh, vessel to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because you're literally helping people uh, make their visions a reality. Uh, you're helping people become educated. And I think those things, like I said, like, that is, like, however way makes you feel fulfilled. Because I, I feel like, yeah, money used to be the root for me. But yeah. Eventually, I realized that I have more fulfillment when I see people actually happy about what I had highlighted about them. Yeah. Or like what we did to uplift this movement or how we helped someone's brand get across the U.S., sold somewhere else. Like that makes me feel great. That's what it's about. That's all it's about. Exactly. So and if you do that good, you'll ball out. Exactly. Because E.T. said that. He said, he said you, uh, you pursue your passion and the success is going to follow. Yeah. And he said you pursue what you love doing, you help people, and the, that success will naturally gravitate to you. Bro, it's, it's – and the thing is, is like <clears> – <throat> You know, what you're doing and you're a little bit younger, but what you're doing, what you don't realize is like when you develop, like you said, the skill, then you can charge for that skill and people will happily pay for that skill. Mm -hmm. But it's like you don't like by uplifting the part of the culture brand. If one person listens to this and gives 10 percent to their church, Mm -hmm. I won. Yeah. I'm, when I get to heaven or wherever happens after this, I don't know. Nobody really knows. But if if. If when I get to my next chapter of whatever this shit is, I that's that's hey, that's my that's my W. I don't care about like like they say you can't like somebody could come in here and rob us for all this, oh, but yeah. nobody can take the treasures <laughs> that we that like that. <laughs> no, but you no, know what I'm saying? I just fuck with you. But no, but you. you know what I'm saying? I'm like like there's a chance that somebody yeah, could really put it. You know what I'm saying? Any but day. they can't take the goodwill that you do in people's lives. Mm-hmm. Nobody can steal that. No. And so that's what I try to build up my treasures in. It's like, yeah, I stack chips. Like, I'm about yeah. my bread. Let's not oh, get yeah. the game twisted. Mm-hmm. But my first and foremost is do I take care of the people? Because if you take care of the people, the people are going to take care of you. I think um, when it comes to the community in San Jose, I think there's so much uh, opportunity, so much talent, so much under, uh, under uh, how you say, people that aren't recognized for some of the things that they've done, uh, which is why I launched that uh, Product of Your Environment series. I don't know if you saw that on my page. but I'm going to check you out a little so bit more. There's, a, there's some uh, docu-series where we basically highlight people's stories of like different community leaders. Because um, like, I, I did the Low-Key Facts podcast to highlight the hip-hop and the fashion and the business. And then Product of Your Environment was more designed about storytelling. Okay. And more about like telling a story about someone that really did something. Uh, so like the last one we did was uh, featuring Cam, and uh, he learned a lot from that experience. You know, growing up in that environment and literally pivoting that direction 
to making it about the community because, you know, he had kids on the way. So he just felt like he had to make a change. Yeah. And then eventually he started the non- the nonprofit, uh, you know, the celebrity basketball games where they have Neff the Pharaoh, Drew Deasy, the Shoe Palace sponsored it. And then all the funds go to like the, the, the charity. I don't know exactly what organization, but I just yeah. know that he, he allocates that. He does the... Um, you know Snoop Dogg's uh, Pop Warner League? Yeah. Well, it's not Pop Warner, but it's like their football league. The San Jose Hit Squad, that's his organization. So they made an organization for each age group, and they won the championship almost every other year. Wow. San Jose. That's cool. Uh, and, you know, to come from that background, you know, and to not look like the traditional person to have success. Yeah. And have success. Yeah. That's so big. You it know is. What I mean? So that's like why we decided to start that narr- uh, that narrative with that, with that production. Um, so I'm hoping to do more with those and, you know, over, those things are costly and, and sometimes it's really a lot of effort c- to make treatments and get people to meet here at the same time. Yeah. Especially with COVID, man. It's a lot. Yeah. Of, it's hard right now. What do you feel like, uh, in the sense of like entrepreneur, entrepreneurship does for people during this pandemic? Because like I was saying off camera is that, you know, a lot of people have been affected by this. Uh, some of them are, are not proactive. They're reactive. Yeah. So like, you know, what's some, what's your, what's your take on that? So... I think what has entrepreneur. So what I've high learned about myself first it, during the pandemic is that I'm way more creative than I could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. You know, when you take um, when you take when you just give. I'm a work like pretty much a workaholic. So I have a full time job. Mm-hmm. I bartend on the weekends yep. and then I still have my business. The reason. So just a quick caveat. I have a team. That's mm-hmm. how I'm able to do a lot of yeah, stuff. Yeah, you can, yeah, um, yeah, I don't I don't work. I don't do all this stuff completely by myself. I have people who help me with my signs, my banners, my graphic design. I have a team that I've been working with for the last couple of years. Okay. Um I'm just a face and I I focus on the marketing of the business. Okay. Um but what I really learned about myself is that I'm super that I'm way more creative than I had ever imagined. Mm-hmm. You know, um I enjoy making videos. I and I just like being creative. I like yeah. making I made so over the pandemic I wrote I wrote uh two songs created two music videos mm-hmm. um created a character his name's ivan i don't I know if you've that. seen him no, I, seen that. Uh, I need to bring him back out i'm gonna do a little a I little might, I might throw a skin in there one time yeah we yeah. should I'll, I'll i'll bring up we'll we'll do something in the future yeah. um so my, my boy uh isaac that just got here uh he has his own podcast i still it's called the uh, player moves only podcast hey. it's posted as P, uh, pmo podcast on instagram player moves so, only uh, yeah you gotta check them out that's got, all i make that, that's what i love doing too is that like you know bringing people together i get people to network all the time yeah that's know? dope so we're on the process of uh trying to figure out how we can collaborate with content and stuff so that's cool you're talking about how how this COVID has affected different oh, yeah, people like yeah, hustlers yeah, yeah, and yeah, non-hustlers, yeah. Yeah. you know, and I'll kind of, the only thing that's in my brain is I seen, I seen people like, like either blow up in this time oh, yeah. or like sink in this time. Oh yeah. You know? Sure. And so shout out to like, like my boy, he owns shrimping ain't easy. Mm. Shout out to the, yeah, the Michelada lady. I seen that. You know what I mean? Like these people, my boy Sammy had when he was flexing. Y- yeah. Oh, like good. these people, <laughs> these people took, the pandemic, they took that people yeah. can't move around and they they created something out of nothing. Yep. You know, and so they're probably low key, not, you know, like Trump balling off of it, but oh, yeah, no, nah, they, they making money. They're making money off of it, you yeah. know, and you see like me, like 
during when the pandemic was going on, I told you I'm super creative. Mm. I was all I was doing is just creating. No one was really buying nothing. Yeah. So all I was doing is like, how can I entertain the people? How can I educate the people? I did a class on how to buy your first stock. I did a class on how to buy real estate. I worked on a real estate deal. I showed the whole process. If, if somebody wanted to come by the house, hey, you got to social distance a little bit, but you can come pick my brain. Just let me know. Yeah. Um, I released. Uh, I released an ebook. You know. And I just gave away a lot of game, you know, and I made fun content and funny content and entertaining content and, you know, made some cool social distancing videos. But the second that this country opened back up, people have been watching me the whole time. And yep. so I was like, who am I going to spend my money with? Yep. Like, I'm going to spend money with him. So it's literally from I don't even know what it is. What is it? August? Yeah. From August 1st, right? From Same. July, from June 1st. First, that because they just literally opened up the country, like they're just like restaurants or open oh, yeah, patio. Everyone, dining, everyone come through. Don't um, worry, forget your mask. From June first <laughs> until right now, I literally was nonstop busy. Like I'm yeah. kind of caught up now, yeah, and I yeah. still have a few projects. But it came from putting in massive unpaid work during yeah. COVID, and so I think a lot of people you seen during that time was like woe is me they're watching the news they're doing this mm -hmm. but i just stuck to my guns like add value add value add value add value add value and then like i said if you take care of entertain game up the people the people are going to put bread in your pocket and so yeah. when it was time for people to cash out get their products made i was able i was very fortunate to win mm -hmm. at this time and so you know to keep it very simple you reap what you sow mm -hmm. you know and so that's that. that's and so i think a lot of people in this COVID thing, you can actually just kind of look at what, how you're going to end up. I could tell you, like, like, get a piece of paper and write what you did today to mm -hmm. build your brand, to build your business, to you know what I'm saying. And and for me, I've always worked my hustle like a like a job. Yeah. When I wake up in the morning, I say, okay, I get. I have a notebook right here. Yeah. I'm the same type of way. I got. You know what I'm saying? I gotta get a Listen. document. Uh, okay, I got the BYOB project, okay. GOAT project, Linda project, Mind Over Matter. I go through. I'm These are all it. my it's projects. All right there. I see it. You feel me? And then I write my goals. I believe that, too. You, you know, know what I'm saying? That, about that, about that, just that little method of like writing shit, it makes such a big difference. You know how people have ideas all the time, but they don't yeah. write shit down? Does that bother you? So uh, this is my thing. That shit I'm going to tell you what bothers me. <laughs> It's not even that they don't write it down. It's that people don't work their hustle yeah. like a business. People yeah, will yeah, tell yeah. me, oh, I want a clothing brand. But it's like like you wake up every day and put eight hours into your clothing brand. Yep. Just because you don't have a garment, doesn't mean, go interview every clothing brand out there and make yeah. content mm -hmm. so that when it's time for you to launch a shirt, people know who you are. Mm. But put eight hours in every single day on your brand. Mm. If you have a job, put in After. three hours a day. Yeah. Put in two hours a day. Yep. But it like I see people who like, oh, I want to, you know, I'm not going to say the example that I'm going to say. <laughs> but I know like, like, shout out actually to my girl. My yeah. girl, she wants more clients. And so I've been telling her like, you need to post more. You need to do this more. You need to do that more. And she's been getting more business from doing that. But I see people who are like, yo, I want this. Or like, I want to have a successful podcast. Like, if you don't have shit else going on, you should be editing these videos. You should be turning the content into an ebook. You mm. should be You should be working this shit every single day like it's a job. Yeah. And so I, that's the thing I see is people are like, yo, I want a brand. And then they come up with the logo. And then they're done. Yeah, that's crazy. That's what me. bothers me. Because there's like so many different aspects of that growth that's that's still in the beginning stage that you haven't gone through, you know? 
Uh, I believe that, bro. Honestly, every day has got to be applied to pressure. Some people have different lifestyles, and it's hard to balance, especially if you work retail or if you work a full time job. No pre- excuses. Pre COVID, pre COVID. Yeah. But after, there's like there's sixteen hours. There's twenty four hours in a day. You, yeah. you work eight hours, you still got sixteen. Yeah. You invest uh, six hours of sleeping, you still got ten hours. Yeah. Those last ten hours, what you doing? Yep. That's really how you gotta break it down. They say so. I went to. You know, there's a there's a one percent and there's a ninety nine percent. And it's actually I have the cover and everything ready. It's one of the books I want to write, but I really want to write it. So I'm not rushing it. But the difference between the one percent and the ninety nine percent is habits. Mm. So this literally the ninety nine percent, they get stuck in an unhealthy habit. They go to work. They wake up. Yeah. They go to work. They get off work. They eat. Get beer. Get a beer. They watch the same fucking TV shows. Stephen A. Smith. And then they go to bed. And then they repeat that. And then their life stays in this freaking thing. The 1% on the way to work, they listen to their podcast. They go to work. They have a good little attitude. They get off of work. They work on their side hustle. They invest in something. They spend a little bit of time with their family. When they get home, they exercise. And they're not quick to turn on that Netflix or not. They're either writing books. They're either working on their brand. And then you see these people like myself where, yeah, you made day one. You don't know anything. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But then you see five years later. They've written books. They have a product line. They have a distribution network. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so the the they that's the one percent. The one percent and the ninety nine percent literally just have different habits. You think about like the Illuminati and all that shit, like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah. But you think about somebody, we keep talking about him, Nipsey. Yeah. I see his picture on the wall, R.I.P. to Kobe. Mm-hmm. What was the difference? Do you yeah. think Kobe Kobe if you really listen to Kobe? Kobe's not was not gifted yeah. with special fucking basketball oh, no. powers. Yeah, work ethic, like a work ethic. Even when he was like 12, 13, 14, he said that he would literally play at every summer camp. Mm. He was the first one in the gym, the last one to leave. He said that him and Shaq, you know why him and Shaq bro, literally didn't get along? It's because Kobe Bryant was like, you're unhealthy. Yeah, he was he's pressing like, him. He was pressing he was him. Pressing him. Yeah, and yeah, Shaq was, was like, him. we're rich. We made it. We've got championships. And yeah. he's like, if you could run down the court, we would get two, three more wings. We'd be unstoppable. Yeah. And it's all about work ethic. And so yeah. you see the habits. Are the big habits. Big the habits. For sure. I agree with that. The you, habits. Even like, you know, so but prior to COVID, I was working in software sales. So I, I've been in sales like since I was 18. Like yeah. I started working at the Sprint at the mall. You know, I was telling this fool, like, we, we used to run into each other and shit because uh, we worked at Eastridge Mall. Okay. So I worked at the top floor. And keep in mind, that environment is all about, like, greeting on the flow. And, and there's a thing, too, is that uh, when you work for a job, like, there's something you should always take away from that job. For sure. Like, obviously, you're taking money, but you should take away skills. You should take for away sure. learning, information, and then apply Systems. Because all that shit applies to everything that you see around here now. Yeah. Um, so it's like when I transit, when all these skills and uh, – Keep in mind, like tech wasn't something I was ever interested in. Yeah. Like somebody had to like break that shit into me, like educationally wise. And then I realized, like, damn, we live in Silicon Valley. Sixty percent of the economy is generated just from Silicon Valley. Yeah. And like, I, this is my backyard. In my fucking backyard, I don't know shit yeah. about Google, LinkedIn. I don't know about the opportunities. All I think is that if you're in tech, you're a software engineer. Yeah. And you're a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I know. But then well, eventually, a lot of truth I, I met. Uh, I, have you ever heard of Ruben Harris? No. Okay, uh, his name, uh, I was telling you about this. Ruben Harris, he's the owner of a tech company called uh, Career Karma. And basically what his company does is that they bridge the gap between uh, non-traditional people like minorities, people that don't have degrees, certificates, to break into jobs into tech. Like wow. Microsoft, like uh, sales positions, business development. And that's where the conversation started. And, you know, him and my other mentor, Timmy, they kind of told me, like, bro, like, if, first he told me, like, you know how to edit videos? You could code. 
And I'm like, what the fuck? Like coding, like I've been done since like MySpace days. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But it didn't it didn't really sit right with me. I wasn't inspired by that. Yeah. But then he told me about uh he's like he said tech isn't only sales. I mean it isn't only coding, like there's sales too. Yeah. And I was like, What word? Like let me learn about it. And eventually a year later, I broke into this company called Memory Blue as an SDR, which is like basically business development. You're doing like cold calling, you're doing email outreach, you're doing all these different variations of trying to obtain a business, yeah. basically. Um, and bro, once I broke in and I saw the game of what people do in tech, yeah, I just started applying it to, I started sending calendar invitations. You said you got my shit. Yeah. Something so small. Something so I was small. very impressed by that because so I do that, but and yeah. I teach people to do that. I'm like, yo, you know that you just... I'm going to the sales thing yeah. and you'll know you'll go. Well, I'll go off on a caveat. Yeah, yeah. The number one, I read a sales book. I'm going to teach a class on sales. Oh, shit, the number real, one rule in sales is set the appointment. Yeah. If you want, this is not just like to sell a couple fucking couple. You want a girlfriend, you want a date, you want to make some money, <laughs> you make some set happen, the appointment. That's that, real. And so real. when you did that, that let me know you were serious because a lot of cats like, like, that's oh, literally like, hey, DM, someone yeah. someone hits me on slides in my DM. Hey, I'm interested in shirts. Yeah. Hey, when do you have a moment to talk? Yep. That's me learning when I can set the appointment. Yep. Okay, you can talk in a day or two. Mm-hmm. We talk in a day or two. Yep. And then the second thing in sales yep. is asking for the sale. Once oh, yep. you, hey, I tell you about a banner, and then I say the banner is $200. Do you want this? Mm-hmm. Don't Maybe. say shit. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you know? say words, they say something. Yeah, and then yes or no. So those are the two things. Yep. Set the appointment, which is huge, yep. and then ask for the sale. It's like he asked, and he did that. He was like, hey, are you interested in being on the podcast? Yep. I said, sure. He said, what's your schedule? Mm-hmm. He set the appointment. So that's game, Boom. and that's – but go and, ahead. And where I'm going with this is that, like, every single job I've ever been through, whether it was busing, whether it was selling phones at the mall, whether it was selling software – like there's so much game in all these industries that you can apply to your own entrepreneurship and your entrepreneurial path. And I feel like a lot of the shit I've learned just these past two years have really elevated my approach on everything. So, you know, that's that's the thing I was just trying to piggyback on is just like skills. And uh, what I wanted to ask you, too, was uh, about the ebooks, like about the education content that you put out. Like uh, who was like the main people so far that you've connected with that use your stuff? So, um, Pretty much, you know, people, people in my network. Mm. So I've had, I've had, I don't even know how to answer that. It's literally just people in my yeah, network. Yeah. I've had lawyers like buy. Yeah. So I have, so with my books, mm. uh, like, like all age ranges, people who wanted to know how yeah. to brand their business and build their business. I have one book called 10 steps to level up in business. Mm-hmm. And literally anybody who's, you know, a beginner in business or yep. intermediate, I think anybody could read it and yeah. it could be helpful because we can always learn. Mm-hmm. But anybody who's like business uh, can read that book. And then my uh, how to fill empty pockets was about investing. Yeah. Um, and so anybody who wants to learn how to make their money work for you. Do you have any investments? At the moment, I don't. That's why I'm like, I'm asking all these questions because I'm so curious. Because the thing is, like, I, I have a lot of uh, game in, like, sales. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I know there's a lot of opportunity I'm missing right now when it comes to stocks, when it comes to, like, investing, uh, property, real estate. Like, these yeah. are things I, I haven't took that time to, to So you into. said it. You actually said it perfectly. Like, any, I'm trying to bridge the gap. Like, yeah. if you go into a room, like, if we are all Caucasian, yep. and I was like, who here has stocks? We'd probably... Maybe one person wouldn't raise their hand. Yeah. But if I go into a room of black people, Mexican people, Latinos, excuse me, uh, you mm. know, minorities, yeah, and I yeah. say, who in here owns stock? Yeah. One person's going to raise their hand. Yeah, Three people sure. are going to raise their hand out of yeah. 100 people. Yeah. And so I wrote this book because, like, yesterday I made 10 bucks 
from uh, it's a dividend. I don't know if you know what a dividend is, but I made ten dollars a dividend from the money that I have invested. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot. Yeah, but it's but in ten years yeah. that could be a thousand dollars, five thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah. And so what happens is is we talk about the one percent and the ninety nine percent. The one percent's income kind of stays like kind of stagnant their whole life. Goes up, yeah. we'll say five percent every five years. Mm -hmm. With me and my income, and you talk about skills, it's so for you right now, you have sales skills, right? Yeah. And so we look at this year, you've probably made, I'll, I'm just going to put a number out. We, yeah. You say you made $50,000 50, yeah, yeah. this year, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you have no investments. That mm -hmm. means that you're literally taking your money, mm -hmm. and you're spending it on stuff, yep. and then you're saving maybe a little bit. Yep. And then at the end of the year, you have nothing to show for it. Yep. Nothing a, at all. That's a common formula. Very common formula. That's the 99% of, of people. Yeah, like I just facts. told you, like most people, that's what you guys are doing. Yep. What the 1% do, what I try to do mm -hmm. and what I try to teach people. And we, you know, we talk about bridging the gap is, and why my products even exist and yeah. why there's even a demand for them is I told you, I have a motorcycle, I have all that. But today I made, yesterday I made $200 in profit for my business. Mm -hmm. I sold some stickers. One lady I did, she threw me 50. Another dude bought some stuff, $200. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take, if it's for, I have two different formulas, but I take 20%, I make, I take 10%, I give it to charity, tithe mm -hmm. to my church. Um, I take another 10%, I save it, but I'm saving it for a big investment, mm -hmm. you know? And then I take 10%, I put it in the stock market. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, is, me and you both make 50000 yeah. At the end of the year, I have, I'm going to have $5,000 in savings. Yep. I'm going to have 5000 invested in the stock market, mm -hmm. and I'll have given $5,000 to charity, mm, which the charity thing doesn't – it does one thing majorly. It yeah. takes you from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset mm -hmm. to the point where now I just I, – there's so many freaking opportunities in this world, yeah. but it started when I started giving. And then I was by learning to get the same hand that you give is the same hand you receive from. Yeah. So people who are like all tight, there's not any opportunities. We're going to fucking die. They're <laughs> yeah. probably stingy Scared. as fuck. Yeah, yeah. And so by giving, you learn to receive. And then by investing, people think, oh, I'm investing to make money. Let's reverse it to what we this whole podcast started. Yeah. No, I'm investing in right now. I buy Starbucks. I, yeah, I want to make money from Starbucks. But I love that they like you can drive through. I love that when I, I have a project to work and I can go to Starbucks and work. Yeah. I love that. Have you ever felt racism at Starbucks? <laughs> like never. Like everybody in there be hella cool. How you doing? I've never yeah. been like, oh, look at like, what are you wearing? Yeah, like it's yeah, yeah. never like, you know, that old man shit. It's something that you're proud of investing. And in, so I'm in and so I like I'm I wanna see that company grow. Yeah. So I invest in that company grow. And if they make a profit, I make a profit. Mm -hmm. And so we and so now you look at the end of the the five years, I got fifteen I got ten bands mm -hmm. chilling. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. five band five thousand of those are paying me. Yeah. I get a dividend four times a year. Mm -hmm. And so you start multiplying that by five, ten, fifteen, twenty years, you're financially free. I was able to buy a piece of real estate. I sold it. I was able to I have stocks now that mm -hmm. pay me. I literally yeah. get dividends from these companies every time, every quarter that they make a profit, I get paid through a dividend. And so the people who the people who benefit from that are the 99% of people who at the end of the year don't have shit to show for what they've done. Yeah. And that's what started it for me is like I was making shirt. I told you I've been making freaking clothes since I was 18, yeah. 19, 20 <laughs> and I got to a point when I was 30 years old, 31 years old and I started giving. God had a conversation with me and he was like, "Look, you've been wasting all this time and it's like now it's time for you to invest in the community and invest in yourself mm -hmm. and it's like 
That's the whole book of Rich Dad Poor Dad is about, yeah. is financial freedom. Yeah. And the way to become financially free is when your investments pay for your lifestyle. Instead of you shouldn't, you're going to, really, it like you should be taking a piece of your income mm-hmm. and putting it into investments, into real estate, into into um, stocks. And then here's the kicker. You and her, say you guys get married and you have kids. Can yeah. you pass that job on to your kids? Sure, that's the, I mean, eventually that's the goal, right? Pass, you can pass it down. Or not you, the job. You can. You, no, yeah, you yeah. really, it's only if they hire them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But can I give a hundred, can I give my real estate to my kids? Oh, yeah, can I give, if, I, yeah, own a, sure. if I own a McDonald's, can I give that to my kids? Yeah, sure. And it's not like you're giving them a McDonald's, you're giving them cash flow. Yeah, generational wealth. Generational, generational wealth. Generational wealth is real. You know, there's a, a, a quote in the Bible, it's like, 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 the wise, it, their children's children are blessed from what they do. So even any, my investment portfolio isn't crazy. Yeah. But I could hand that cash flow, even yeah, though it's ten bucks. Twenty years. I, yeah. That's just gonna be. I could give that to my oh. kids, and they're set. They don't have to worry about the student seed, loans. The seed is planted. So the seed is to planted. to shut down what I was saying, that's who I speak to. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to. You said it perfectly. I'm trying to bridge the gap of. We don't. Our community wasn't taught that. That's why Nipsey Hussle was so prolific. Yeah. Is because we taught black business. Even as crazy as Kanye West is, listen to what he's saying. Oh, yeah. he, he he's talking actually. about ownership in brands, yep. ownership in um, owning land, yeah. owning your own products, mm-hmm. owning the rights to your music. They're like he's crazy as fuck, but he's on the right track. Yeah. And so it's like ownership and what we've been the 99 percent of people we've been branded to think like oh louis v you gotta if you're not in louis you ain't shit if you're not in gucci <laughs> yeah, you ain't yeah. shit but yeah. you ask those same people do you own any louis stock do you own any gucci stock do you own anything yeah you know and a lot they, of times they be vouching hard for these people too hard they shit nothing oh man they don't even own we don't own our cars we don't own our house they don't own shit yeah you know what I'm saying? And instead, we should be coming together and how can we be like manufacture our own cars? You look at Tesla. How can we manufacture our own brand? How can we yep. manufacture our own laptops? How can we manufacture our own mics and start ownership? Yep. You know, and so that's pretty much what I teach. Mm-hmm. But you have to learn how to do it. If you have to learn how to buy one stock and then get a dividend and then that teaches you like, yo, if I buy a restaurant or a franchise, fuck every day. I'm not even there. I'm getting paid. And so, but it's the, the transformation comes from going from nothing to growing. It's not about the money, but it's about who you become. And it's like, it changes your network. It does. I wouldn't like, you guys would not be fucking sitting here listening to me if I didn't do this shit. You know what I'm saying? I would just be another cat, but it's, it changes the doors that are open for you changes. It changes everything. Yeah. It changes it changes your life. It changes your network because now when I walk into a room, I still dress like this. But once people kind of talk to me like, oh, this cat's serious. Oh, you have a business? I'm going to spend with you. Yep. I'm going to take – you just spent $1,000. I'm going to reinvest it. So now me mm-hmm. investing uh, is leading to more investments. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So business beats business. So that's that's – my long, my long spill about who I hey, speak to. Once again, delivery like dominoes, man. This guy's been coming through with the gems. But one thing that you did say, though, that I really like that you broke it down. Like, you actually broke down the formula. Like, in a scenario of you, uh, what you made yesterday in your profit of yeah. $200. And you said you put 10% of charity and then the other 10% to your investment. Yeah. And that, that right there just told me, like, I could actually do that shit. Easy. everyone thinks that investment, they think, oh, I need like two, three, four, five bands to get no. started. Like, you actually just need a decent, like something that if you're working a part-time job as a busser, you get paid 300, 400 bucks, you might be able to do that with at least what? Is that like, what's the, what's the entry level amount that someone needs? What, to at get 10%? Started, to get started. So all you, this is what you would do. 
you first go open a savings account, go open a brokerage account, either through E-Trade or through Robinhood. Okay. You, you're, we're talking a buster, yep. right? You take your income, you, you live off 70%, yep. give 10% to a charity or to your church, mm. and then you made, we'll say a buster makes 100 bucks, yep. take $10 and put it in a savings account. Mm. Take $10 and put it into a brokerage account. Mm. And once you have enough money in a, your brokerage account, you could buy a stock. Mm. So after, after Starbucks, money, a yeah. Starbucks stock is, is 70 bucks, mm. 75 bucks right now. So after eight shifts of busing, you could have one Starbucks stock. And you just keep doing that. And your lifestyle is not going to change that much. Yep. You're actually not going to really see a difference because you're going to get used to it. There's a story. Have you read The Richest Man in Babylon? Mm, I heard about it. Is that a book? Right? It's a book. It's a book. I Anybody I recommend that. reading The Richest Man in Babylon. But there's a story in there. Mm. They ask a guy, hey, um, hey, you, sir, it's about pur purses. He's like, my purse is empty. He's like, how much do you make? He's like, I make $5,000. He asks another guy, he's like, how much do you make? He's like, I make $100. He asks another guy, he's like, I make $3,000. And he's like, all you guys have have empty purses. And so what it says is your expenditures will match your income. Mm -hmm. And so by paying yourself first, which is one of the principles in Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that's why you do it first. Mm -hmm. I don't even see this 30%. It's gone. Yeah. And I live off the 70%. But then I'd be waking up, like it'll be like six months, I'd be like, fuck. I saved fucking five thousand dollars. I got yeah. ten bands, yep. and you do that. I've been doing it for three years. Mm. I was like, "Fuck! I could buy. I could put a down payment on a. Uh, I could go in. I had. I was a twenty percent partner, but I was like, "Damn! I could put twenty percent on a real estate deal, mm. and then I get twenty percent of the profits, mm. and then I could take that twenty percent of the profits, and I could put it back into stocks, yep. and then look for more real estate, yep. and then sell those stocks and buy bigger real estate, and just keep keep repeating. Effect. It's a domino effect. Yep. But you need to." It's you start off small because when you start off small, then and then what happens is if you can't live off the 70 percent, you're going to start developing skills. Yeah. So for me, it's like, all right, like, all right, now I have this. I'm, I'm a bus boy. Yep. Like you shouldn't be ha happy there. So it's like, OK, I'm putting that now. I, I own one share of Starbucks. I understand investment. Now you could give classes on investment and charge 10 bucks on a Saturday yeah. to anyone who wants to come. Yep. And then what do you do? 10 people show up. You make a hundred dollars. You already know what to do. I made a hundred dollars. I'm going to put uh, $10 to charity. I'm going to put $10 in my savings and I'm going to put uh, $10 in my brokerage account. Mm -hmm. Once I do 10 classes or seven classes, I get to buy two Starbucks stock. So now you're making money from busing and now you're making money from selling teaching people how to buy stock mm -hmm. and then it just grows now you could okay let yeah, me learn how to write a show. write a book yeah. now you have a book that teaches it and you have the class and you're a bus boy Off now you're making foot. three times as much as you were just by changing one action of investing because you understand and other people yeah. want to understand and so you just keep developing your skills and as your income raises your investments raise and then your investments start paying you and you already know what to do and you just look for bigger and bigger investments yeah you know what i'm saying and isn't that true like the top the top five percent top one percent whatever the number is majority of their profits come from real estate and stocks right yeah like from all these rich ass people their majority of their money is coming from stuff they invested in like or they created or created yeah you know what i'm sure. saying if you look at look at look at amazon yeah. he created a system he literally just gets a piece of everything sold look at tesla he created a car um look at like like in before real estate was huge but right now if i bought a, i would spend 
I would spend, say I spend uh, in Atlanta, I could buy a piece of property with 35,000 down and I could cash flow $500 a month. Mm -hmm. So I'm spending 35,000 to make 500 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. You just told me you went to the flea market and made 500 bucks a month. Yep. So it's like, you don't net, real estate yeah. is good because now I, I just have money coming in from Atlanta yeah. and you could use that money. But like, like investing is what you do with your money. It's not how you make your money in the beginning because yeah. we're young. We have skills, but you see these like old crackheads that <laughs> they don't have any investments. They yeah. worked for 40 years and they didn't invest anything. Yeah, yeah. You're 26. If you just invest 10% for the next 10 years, what's that's 500,000. That means like you'll make that's on the lowest of low ends. Yeah. You'll have $50,000 in an account that pays you a certain percent every month. $50,000, I just said you could buy a freaking house in Atlanta yeah, that yeah. paid cash flows you. And you just keep doing that. Every year if you buy one house, your income, we talked about the 99%, their income's here. The 1%, their income just starts skyrocketing because it's like, you, your brain doesn't fucking shut off. Yeah. Like, I could literally leave here and I could write a book. Yeah. I could create a banner. I could create t-shirts. I could create all types of shit. And it's like my brain just doesn't stop, but it it's because I've invested in skills. And there's a point where after you have 10, 15 skills, yeah. you're golden. And if you just keep adding to that and you keep helping other people, like. One person I know that, that does, you know, similar stuff that we do, what he calls himself is a solutions expert. Yeah. And that's really like what you end up becoming when you become this full-fledged solution solution provider like you said helping people yeah because everything naturally is just going to keep building off of that so i agree with that 100 percent, man that's f super fine that's super honestly this whole podcast right here is a lot of game you know you gave, me a game. Lot, you gave me a lot of insight right here um i guess one of the last uh two questions i'm going to ask you is um so if someone's starting off right they're inspired they want to get involved with becoming an entrepreneur or an investor so what would be the most strategic approach Building a business, like a brand, like a clothing or something of a product or, or a service, whatever, or stock, investing straight into that. What would you recommend? Both. So what you're going to want to do is you're going to want to create you. You want to generate income mm. without income being generated. No stocks are going to be. Purchased. So let's go with the scenario that they only got five hundred dollars in their pocket. If I had five hundred bucks in my pocket, I might take two hundred and fifty and put it in the stock market. I might take two hundred and fifty and start a business. OK, I like that. And then I, like I would that. try to I would just try to generate money off of the two hundred and fifty. So and then right now, what's a stock you would invest in right now? So you want to invest in. So I, if you're trying to invest in stocks, get either the audio book, Tony Robbins, Master the Game of Money or uh, get the audio book. I listen to it. But the best thing for starters to invest in, there's two types of, so people, there's traders and yeah. there's investors. Traders sit on the computer every day oh, yeah, and no, I don't, I don't trade. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm an investor. I just input, I'm a passive investor, a long-term investor. The best stocks to buy are index funds. The one that I recommend, the easiest one is SPY, SPY. It's about 315 bucks uh, to buy one of them, but it has a dividend. And so I have a criteria. Very easy. Do you understand what it is? Do you uh, do you think it's going to grow over the next five years? And does it have a dividend? If I can answer yes to those, I'll buy it. Mm. Um, and obviously you can go deeper, but I'm just very a very basic investor. Yeah. Very basic person if you really get to know me. Mm. Um, but SPY, and what it is, is it trades the most 500 profitable companies in the United States. And they compare it to, we have, imagine if, Starbucks is like Kobe Bryant by himself. Mm. The S Spy SPY is like having Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, uh, Steph Curry, uh, the five best players in the NBA, uh, Rose, and like just a bomb. You know what I'm saying? The mm. five best players. But imagine on the same team. 
sometimes they might lose, but do you, yeah. most of the time they're not. And so you're investing in the 500 most profitable companies. Mm. So I just invest all my business stuff. I invest in Starbucks. So when I make a business profit, I just put it into Starbucks. And then when I make a, um, in, a profit from my, cause I, I do work. Um, when I make a profit from my job or I get a paycheck, I put it into SPY. And so what that looks like is if I get a check for $2,000, I'll put $200 into my brokerage account. Mm -hmm. And then when I get another check for $2,000, I'll put another 200 and I'll buy one share of SPY. Mm -hmm. And so I'll just keep doing this over time. But I just think long term. Mm -hmm. I think about kids and I yeah. think about being able to teach this. And it's just, it's just a slow flow play because – you think about you've been working since 18. Imagine if you would have applied this since you were 18. You could have easily put away yeah. 10. Imagine how many you would have bands right now, dog. Mm -hmm. You feel me? We would literally we'd be buying buildings and shit. <laughs> that's, that's real. Straight that's up. Real. That's Straight up. But like all of it at the end of the day is like financial literacy. Yeah. Knowing where the money exactly goes what it is. To. And a lot of the people don't even get those basic fundamentals in high school. And not even a lot of brown people don't get yeah, it. Yeah, minorities. Period. Minorities like don't color, get it. Black, um, Latinos, like we all kind of are in the same situation. The school system wasn't taught to make us money. The it's school system was taught so that we go to work and we're Employees. content with working. Yeah, for and sure. the school system, why do you think it's not an accident that the 99% are like the 99%? Oh, yeah, we were bred to be like that. Want a house, want some kids, go home, watch TV, buy some Gucci, go on a vacation twice a year die that's what they wanted but who think about it what companies are you going to who owns these companies mm -hmm. people who own shareholders own the companies yeah. stocks are shares mm -hmm. so the shareholders the one percent they're not going home they're not watching these programs what are they doing they're creating the programs mm -hmm. they're creating hey what do we want people to buy today okay we want them to buy lexus lexus is the hot item you cue a lexus commercial Oh, honey, I want a Lexus. The one, the ninety-nine percent, they want a Lexus. The one percent sells Lexuses. So it's it's nothing wrong with buying a Lexus, but it's how do you go from that ninety-nine percent mindset to that one percent? Like, how do I become a shareholder? Yeah. How do I fucking sell some Lexuses? How do I like? Yeah. It's just a shift in mindset. I the agree. powers that be did not want us to be at the top because it's that's how they eat. That's how their family eats, yeah. and they and they. They created a school system, a public free school system, yeah. so that, hey, you learn to read, you learn to write, you learn the history that we fucking tell you, yep. and go work. And it's funded by the property tax of the low-income neighborhoods around the area. So yeah, that's it's just deep. A, it's just a fucking, you know, it's a deep rabbit hole, but, you know, I think stuff like this is going to be the pivot for people that want to go that direction. 2020 is the equalizer. Time, for sure. The, you know what I mean? The People talk a lot of shit about Instagram. People talk a lot of shit about, you know, social media. And it's just a tool. But yeah, at period. no point ever has a minority person been able to put something out and a thousand people see it yeah. for free. Mm. No money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Someone's and so profiting. someone's monetizing. Something. Yeah. In Instagram, obviously, yeah. they're a billion dollar company. But I'm saying we're able to monetize. We're able to profit. Yeah. We're able to break into that one percent. Mm -hmm. We're able to change our habits. We're able to learn. Like there's never been a time where you could just be like how to buy real estate. I could literally ask Siri, yeah. how do I buy my first piece of real estate? Yeah. And articles will come just up. All, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, our parents sure. didn't have that. Yeah, they literally if you think about our mom, they had their little side job and their main job, yeah. and that was it. The way of living is completely different completely. from our generation. Especially, like, for uh, first-generation Americans. Like, you know, I, met, I mentioned, like, my parents are from Nicaragua. Yeah. They migrated over here, like, in the uh, uh, early, late 80s when the communism and the war against the, the Civil War was going on. So a lot of people were leaving as refugees, 
and they came to this uh, came to America with nothing. You know what I'm saying? My dad went from working uh, truck driving, jack in the box manager, to now being an IT specialist for like a tech company out here. Yeah. So it was like a big transformation. But the fact that he had that opportunity to do so and was able to invest in himself and in skills and create those opportunities, like not everyone gets the chance to uh, to do so. You know, but. It's all about what you what you take with it. You know, there's I'm, there, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this out there. I'll, I can even end on there. There's no excuses. Period. Straight up. Yeah. There's there's there. As a matter of fact, there's always a way to make something happen. Like there's some guy on my block that comes every day, like on the weekends to get you no know, uh, during garbage day to get cans. And no home, excuses. Homie got no arm, no arm, and he walks around with uh and she sees it like he be with the, the the stroller with his fucking niece like his granddaughter in the cart, bro, pushing. Oh, we just filling up the can every day. I know for sure he walk away with 300, you know? And so then that's where the investing comes in. It's like yep. he could keep doing that and he's probably going to do it. But if he just takes $30 every day, 30, yeah. you know, eventually he won't have to do that anymore. Yeah, or if he yeah. continues to do it, his money will start to work with him. So investing's for everybody. No excuses. Sure. Well, man, I think I'm going to conclude it on that. There's a lot of hour of content of gems on here. I'm going to break these up into part and make sure social media sees this. Um, so where can people find you? How could they access you? They can't. You? I'm out. So, <laughs> so, well, how could they get your uh, your courses, your, your printing Everything's, services? Uh, I, on Instagram, is part of the culture. It's spelled normal part of the culture. Or you can go to my website. It's partoftheculture.art. Partoftheculture.art. Spelled normal. Well, JD, man, thank you so much for coming down. It's my first time for me uh, getting a chance to meet you. I learned so much today, and I know this won't be the last time we talk. There's definitely going to be more things that we'll be going back and forth with. And uh, shout out to the, uh, everyone that's listening. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to hear this information. Yeah, We're trying to uplift the culture and just kind of stimulate people's senses in the way to think differently and how can they impact their culture, their community. Um, but with that being said, um, any last-minute things you want to tell the people? No excuses. No excuses. You heard it. You heard it here from himself. JD, man, shout out. It ain't exclusive. If it ain't an Emlyn exclusive, it's your boy BQ. It's Low Key Facts Podcast, and we out. Out. Total, we can have it all if we do it together. You know I'm a pastor, ball, but only to my brother. You know I'm a pastor, blunt, but only to my sister. I'm a pastor.